it was all about you know written words or you didn't get a video unless you were doing a TV ad or something like that. It's a completely different landscape, completely different customer journey and customer experience to what it was. Right. Marketeers might be redundant in the yeah. future. So it might be all generated by yeah, the you customer. Heard it here first. So on to this week's episode, I am delighted to be joined by Claire, who is one of the founders from Think Smart Marketing. Welcome, Claire. How are we doing? Very well, thank you. Thank Good. you for asking me to join you. Oh, and thanks for thanks for joining us. I believe it's your, your first podcast. You were saying so. How are we feeling? A little bit nervous. Yeah. Well, don't worry. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we're, we're a friendly bunch to be around, so I'm sure you'll settle right into it. So, Claire, obviously, we've known each other for, for, for quite a while now. You know, we've worked with Claire for a number of years in terms of our marketing. But for all of those people that that don't know you. Just introduce yourself quickly and tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, so as Paul said, Claire Taylor, one of the founders of Think Smart Marketing, what we do at Think Smart is really focus on working with our clients to understand their customer, um, their key messaging, their proposition, and then work with them to build marketing plans and then also do mentoring and hold them accountable so that they make sure they deliver results. Lovely stuff. And yeah, I think that the reason why we've brought you in today is that, you know, you're, you're the expert of, of the marketing plan and that's kind of what we're going to touch on today. Just before we get into all that then, Claire, in terms of so your background, so before you set up Think Smart, just tell us a little bit about um, how you came to be one of the founders of Think Smart and, and what you were doing before that. Yeah, sure. I started my marketing career, um, dare I admit it, 25 years ago, right. almost. <laughs> I started it in um, with consumer brands. So my first job was with Hotpoint. So we all know about Hotpoint washing machines um, and Indesit as well. And then um, kind of followed my life story, really. So you're starting out, um, you know, as a single woman, washing machines, getting your first house, then when I had my babies, I worked for mamas and papas. So I was well placed to have all the baby <laughs> things. Um, and then um, I was with mamas and papas, did a variety of roles from retail through to brand. Um, and then after I'd had my children, um, I wanted to have something a bit more flexible, which was when I started my own business as a marketing consultant. I've worked with very big companies to medium-sized companies to um, now work with more SME-sized businesses. So I've got a wide um, background of experience there. And when I started marketing in terms of change, um, there was no social media, completely different landscape a to, very what, different to what world, it is today. Yeah, I imagine. Completely. Yeah. Well, no, and it's quite a, quite a varied mix there, like you say, across sort of different ranges of businesses, sectors. Yeah. Obviously working with ThinkSmart now, you're working with lots of clients, you know, to deliver their marketing plans. So you've got a real sort of breadth of knowledge when it comes to creating different different types of marketing plans, which we're looking to sort of tap into today, really. So thanks for joining. And I think, yeah, just touching on how marketing plans have evolved though you kind of touched a bit there on how how marketing was kind of when you started to what it is now uh, how have we seen marketing plans evolve and what things were maybe more prominent you know we, we won't spend too much talking about the past but i feel mm. like it'd be good to just touch on what we've seen or what you've seen before we get into what people should be doing sort of present day yeah i think the biggest changes have been around awareness like awareness and interest phases of the marketing plan where traditionally you know 10 years ago maybe more than that we were very much dependent upon 
advertising. So what we used to call above the line activities. So, you know, TV ads, magazine ads, um, billboards, outdoor. It was all very much around those were the tools in your box to build awareness as to who you are and what you did. Whereas now there are so many more options. You know, we've got social media, the fact that, you know, everyone has a, phone, a smartphone, so everyone has access to everything. You don't need to to spend on TV anymore. You don't need to think about where people are traveling in the morning to work to put your billboard ad there. Everyone has a phone in the hand and that really has completely changed the landscape in terms of marketing activity. So, you know, social media, huge Digital marketing, moving from the traditional printed uh, collateral, like, you know, your brochures, your leaflets. We used to get so many things through the front door, um, which we, which kind of has come round a little bit. It's almost a bit of a novelty these days to, to get things. And like you say, it's starting to sort of creep back in. It, it is. Yeah, because it's a completely different landscape, completely different customer journey and customer experience to what it was. Yeah, no, I bet. And I think if you think of you know, what the world could look like in another 10 years time, which again, we'll, we'll probably get onto it. It's um, quite it, scary. It's quite, yeah, no, <laughs> I, uh, I always thought I was quite like hip and young. And then I've just kind of realizing that I'm, uh, I'm not anymore <laughs> and that this world is very different to, um, to, to, to what I remember it. But we'll get onto all that. And the main bulk of what we want to chat about today is what, well, how people can be using videos effectively in the marketing plan, but not just around video is, is, that, is how we can share that, that, that knowledge on, on marketing plans. And tell us a little bit about how you're structuring marketing plans at the moment and what are the different sort of categories that you're looking at? We work alongside five superheroes, as we call them, and it basically takes the customer through the journey of their very first interaction with your brand through to becoming a a loyal customer. So the first touch point is awareness. So that's being on someone's radar. They might not be ready to buy from you right now, but they're a brand that they know of and they like the look of and definitely would be a consideration if they get to the point where they need to buy what you do. The second phase along that is called interest. So that's they've heard of your brand, they like your brand, and actually they're coming to the point where they want to buy into your product or your service. So that's where they where can they consume more information about who you are and what you do and the products and services that you have. And then you move to evaluation, which is the third stage. And as we know now, you know, before we buy anything, we all check out reviews because we want to know whether the the company is who they say they are. We want to know if the brand is as good as they say they are and whether it's worth investing in that particular brand over another one because the marketplace, again, is so competitive. So now evaluation is really, really important phase of a marketing plan. So that leads us then on to the fourth um, area of the marketing plan which is adoption. So that's all about, you know, how do you onboard that new customer? How do you say thank you to that customer for choosing your brand over everybody else's? Because, you know, it is competitive out there. It's often an area that can be overlooked by brands because they kind of do all the hard work at the start of, of, of getting somebody to come to that point. And then it's kind of like, oh, we've done that. Now we need to move on and find some more people. And then the last part and a really important part of the marketing plan is around loyalty. So when they're on board as a customer, how do you keep them engaged with your brand? How do you keep them loving who you are and what you do? It's the customer experience. And then how do you make them 
love you so much that they'll go and do your sales job for you. They'll go and create those new leads because they'll go and tell everybody how brilliant you are and that you definitely need to come and work with Seven because they're fantastic at video. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's key what you touched on there is how you turn people in, in, into ambassadors. And I think, you know, for us as a business, we've got a, a handful of clients, I would say, that are that. You know, you kind of want every, every client to be that. But there's those few that really do just love you and they're, they're prepared to shout from the rooftops about how good you are and they are worth their weight in gold for, for us as a company because they, they open up so many more opportunities to you so it's it's interesting what you mentioned about the sort of the um, adoption and the loyalty phase is about how important they are because it's you've done the hard work it's just now making sure that you're turning them into uh, a company that, that they love working with and, they're and that they're happy to shout about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because they can be loyal customers can be your best sales tool. So, you know, you have to invest a lot of money to farm new customers. But if your existing customers love you, then they'll go and do a lot of that work for you. And then it just it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. OK, well, I think. So we've run through the different areas of the of, of how you sort of create a marketing plan. What what I was keen to get into is maybe we break go into each section in just a little bit more detail and just touch on what content clients um, or what content companies can be creating. We could touch on videos, but also other elements as well. So in the in the awareness phase, and so that's where we're just trying to basically turn somebody that hasn't heard of us to be aware of us as a company. So what what type of content have, have you been seeing recently and, and in your experience that, that that's working well? Yeah, so like I touched on before, there's the really traditional routes in terms of awareness. So, you know, your TV ads, your radio ads, they still have a really important place in that awareness phase of getting captive audience and you can be so much more targeted now with digital with with sky and things like that so you know that you're feeding your ads to that target demographic but what i've said before is this whole change towards the towards the digital area and, and social media is massive you, you know you have to be on social media even from a b2b perspective being on linkedin being consistent with your message getting your brand out there um, building that awareness as to who you are and what you do. So there's the digital um, side of things. And, and, and within that, there's, you know, video plays a really big role in that now. As well, it's looking at like, you know, we, we mentioned it a lot on this podcast, but a lot of people go to YouTube to search for information and to find answers to their, their problems now. So having content on there that's making, you know, solving problems, but making people aware of your company um, it is a really easy way to do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, TikTok as well, that's just huge in terms of brand awareness, the brands that are getting following and going viral on there. You know, some of them are really spurious from all other places in the world, but, you know, you're getting to know them, they're reaching you where they would never have been able to reach you before. And even for B2B, you know, there's something like TikTok is a really important place to be as well. But we have a client, um, who's a tooling manufacturer and they do a lot of video on LinkedIn and showing on the, the shop floor, the tooling, the press tooling in action and they support the aerospace and automotive industries and the business owner that I work with, uh, he says he'll go into a prospect customer meeting and 50% of his job is done because they already know who they are, what they do, they've seen their 
you know, manufacturing line in action through social media before he's even got in the room. So he's like, well, 50% of my job has already been done for me. It's a lot easier sell in to my potential customer. So as well as, as well as, you know, all those things being brilliant for B2C, business to consumer activity, it's brilliant for B2B as well. Yeah. Getting that awareness out there of who you are and what you do. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, yeah, some good points on there. And I think when you're kind of moving into, is it the interest phase? Yeah. That's the next one. So it's, it, that was all, that's all about, so that's turning to people that are now aware of you into being, well, interested, I guess is clues in the title, isn't it? But Well, the thing is with awareness is that the marketing that you do in awareness is probably 95% of the people that see your marketing in awareness phase aren't ready to buy from you, so won't convert. So a lot of people get disheartened with social media saying, oh, I'm putting all this stuff out and I'm not getting any conversion. But that's because they're not, it, it's not an immediate conversion. It happens over time. So 95% of the people that you're talking to in the awareness phase aren't ready, but they will, they will know of you, but they're not ready to buy. There's only 5% that probably are ready. So that's where interest then plays the part is that when people the audience that you've been speaking to are actually ready for your product or service or want to buy into that they then go and find out more about it but interesting like you say it's a lot of companies focus their attention or, or, and budgets and marketing at that five percent you know there's there's probably more more i would imagine a considerable amount of marketing budgets are more spent on the five percent that are in the interest phase than the 95 percent of companies that are in that awareness phase and like you say, I think a lot of companies are missing a trick there. It's, it does you don't get the, the the immediate return on it, but if you're focusing in that area, there's a lot more people there for a start. And if you can nurture them properly and get them into the interest stage, you're going to be in a much better situation. You know, you, you can make your money and your marketing budgets work work smarter for you. That's absolutely true. That that is completely the right point because. Um, that's the long term. The ninety five percent is the long term gain. It's the long term vision. 5% is the short-term focus and the short-term focus, yes, it will deliver for you now, but if you're not marketing to the 95%, you're going to, you, you're not going to have your pipeline filled and you might not be a brand in five years time because you haven't built that awareness. So that point is really, really key, Paul, that you've just made. It's so important to, it's probably more important to be marketing to the 95% than the, the short-term 5%. Yeah. So in the, in the interest phase then in terms of marketing content what what type of things should we be creating i don't know 20 years ago brochures used to do you know everyone would have a brochures on their coffee tables um but now it's 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 websites going on to that there's still a place for brochures but websites probably the first port of call once you've got that awareness of a brand so it's bringing that website to life through video through content you're kind of collecting, you you're at a stage of... where you're collecting information exactly, about, about perspective. Yeah. So, so websites are really, really key. For us as more of a service-based company, you know, we're trying to showcase what it's like, what the experience is going to be like for working with us. So for us, it's creating behind the scenes content, showing footage of what it's like to work with us, showing the, the, the amount of work that goes into it. Because you could say this video costs X, but what's behind that so by showing all this behind the scenes content you know stuff that we're doing here all sorts of things like that you can then build up a picture and show a client just the amount of uh, you know 
one the effort that goes into it to to to, to you know improve the perceived value of, of, of what you're providing but also to to show what the experience is going to be like and it's you want them to look at that and think they look like a company i want to work with yeah absolutely get your, your brand personality comes to life through your videos but your behind the scene videos because you know people buy from people as well and if they think oh those are the type of people that i could work with and that's brilliant and also you've got your email marketing campaigns that go out you've got brochures you've got leaflets um multiple things that 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 are around the interest phase where people can go and find out more about you. I guess that then takes you on to the, the, the next phase, which is evaluation. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. So we all... Decision-making got... time. Exactly. Obviously. Exactly. And finding out whether you're as good as you say you are, because we can all do a fantastic job of saying that we're brilliant, but um, it's not always true. So it's like when you buy a holiday, the first thing, well, for me anyway, I always go on TripAdvisor and see what the ratings are and see what people have actually been saying about about those hotels or those yeah. holidays so evaluate the restaurant where it's just when they put pictures of the food on that always ruins it for me because <laughs> it just always looks horrible <laughs> but that's true. everybody and that's the way we do it that's the way that's the customer journey now we live in the world of recommendations now and you val do. value so much more other people's opinions than you know, p people relate to people much more than they relate to brands and i think that's it's a trust thing isn't it Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it used to be, if I go back to when I mentioned when I first started out at Hot Point, we used, if we put a washing machine on TV as an ad, the those sales would go through the roof for that, that a lot product. Easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, expensive, more expensive. Um, so, but now everything is, you know, it, everything is much more open. You can find out information much more easily than you than you could do before so customer reviews um customer testimonials you know video testimonials brilliant and case studies video case studies having all of that content really visible on your website and also promoting it on social media, even down to you, you, your own LinkedIn profiles, your own personal LinkedIn profiles. For someone like me, who is a business owner and uh, you know, it's what I do, is asking my customers to do LinkedIn recommendations on my profile. So everything is all around you're gathering that evidence that you deliver results and you're as good as, as you say you are. Yeah. So many different ways and forms of, of capturing that. But it's really important. Just to take you back to the video case studies, because I love a video case study naturally. Um, for for me, I certainly think it's the the, the type of video that that we produce that delivers the, the biggest impact in terms of return on investment more immediately. I would say I think we we use them a, a hell of a lot. Like we have them on the website, but you know, in every proposal that we send out, we'll have a couple of testimonials or case studies on there, and, and we've got a. a Granted, we are a video company, so it probably makes more sense. But I'm still a firm believer that that most companies, if they can find the budget to do it, should be doing that. Because if I'm sending a, a proposal out to a client of ours that's a, a blue chip company, we've got a lovely testimony from Heineken, which we'll put on there, and they, they'll think, oh, well, if it's good enough for them, you know, I'll listen to, I'll I'll hear them out. It's having the right set of case studies that complement each other, that for any quote you're putting out, another or any of your target audience or potential clients can look at that and think, well, they're similar to me. 
that case study has then talked about the problem that you've solved and the results that you've delivered. And they're thinking, I want some of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's what it is. And also, um, as well as having the customer testimonials and the customer endorsement, it's also accreditations are really important at that stage. So awards that you might have won or even, you know, like the ISO, you know, in terms of standards of production, you know, any sort of rubber stamping accreditations that you can get that, that gives somebody the confidence in you, in you as a business as well is really important. That's taking a potential client from the stage of not being aware of you at all through to deciding to work with you essentially. So once you, so you've done all the hard work, I guess, and it's now you've, you've acquired them as, as a client. So that takes you on to the adoption phase. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so that's when you onboard them basically into your brand, into your business, into your ways of working. So in terms of business to business, it's about, well, you know, welcome pack, what you include in those welcome packs, you know, it should be around who they're going to be working with, what your expectations are from them, but also what your promise, your customer promise is in terms of customer service and service delivery, um, the process that they're going to go through, the journey that they're going to go on with you as a customer um, and kind of, you know, all that set in the scene because you've worked really, really hard. Like I mentioned before at the start of the podcast, you've worked so hard to get them as a customer you need to say thank you, you need to reward them and you need to give them the best experience so that, you know, when they do come on board as a customer, they think, yeah, that was absolutely the right decision to be with that brand. We've all been there where you've where you've been through a, a buying decision, you've chosen a company, you decided to work with them, you tell them and then it's all fine and then it just, it just goes quiet, you, you're left unsure, there's uncertainty and you're thinking what's next and there's nothing more, you know, it, it's very frustrating as as a consumer and as a customer to have that experience. So it's something that we should all be thinking of within our own businesses about are we doing the, the most we can do to onboard any new client? Are they fully clear on what we're going to deliver for them? Because, and it's all about perception as well, because even though you know, you might have a, the, the best internal process ever that is going to deliver those results. If you're not letting them know about it, they're going to have this period of uncertainty where they're not sure that they might think you're doing you could be doing loads of work and if you're not telling them they're not aware of it and it's just creating that uncertainty for them yeah and that that's all about the communication isn't it at that phase i know that when we are on board a new client as a as a business to business company we always you know send out a welcome pack so that will have you know welcome letter this is our, you know, first meetings. This is what we're going to go through. A nice little um, booklet that we've created, like branded booklet we've created, a place for your notes in all the meetings that we have together. And then a, a notebook and a pen, you know, they're not, not massive things, not huge amount of budget goes into it, but it's the thought. And they're always so well received that you've, you know, you've taken the time out to welcome them, welcome them on board as a client. Yeah. And I think that, and that's, that's nice. And it's just about making people, Feel like they made the right decision and it kind of, this kind of takes us on to the, the, the next stage as well in, in loyalty it's like how we can make people you know what little things can we be doing as a business both smaller businesses and, and larger businesses on scale to, to do things like thank clients like what what can we be doing from a marketing perspective to to increase i guess brand loyalty within our clients yeah absolutely so again that's it's about making them feel loved valued 
so that's you know communicate so when we said about you know the process and the communication so making sure you've got regular check-ins with them regular meetings with them making sure things are going on track from a B2B perspective, but for a business to consumer perspective, it's those ongoing communications. So like VIP events or, you know, here's an extra 10% off for you, or here's something to recommend a friend. So you can be sending them videos about new product launches, new services, um, building a community together. And building a community, again, is, is a really important marketing tool. Um, so that people feel part of something that inspires them to create their own content as well once they're customers. So we, we all we've all heard about you know user generated content and how valuable that is. That only comes from having loyal, engaged, happy customers that are willing to go and generate that content for you. And that is again really really valuable. It's uh, it's probably the area where you probably see the least video content. I would probably say in terms of projects we've worked on i would say like you say it's probably is a lot of that sort of user generated stuff just a little video saying just wanted to thank you for this or just some this like personalization into i think can be can be key on a, it's obviously easier on a smaller scale for a business like i know for us for example you know we're probably b2b and we'll sit down every monday and chat through as a as a sales and marketing team what, what anything happened with any of our existing clients or obviously anything on linkedin might be somebody's move jobs or somebody's getting married or anything like that and we'll just send them a quick message bottle of champagne or something whatever's relevant to whatever you know has happened and the you know it's just it's just building that loyalty within the people that you know and, and, and your network and it's not in you know you're not always doing it just because you wanted to get more work out of them you're just doing it because it's nice to celebrate and and you know empower those around you but I'm a firm believer you put enough good things out into this world, you, you, you tend to get them back. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's been a really good. We've, I think you've shared some really good insights there. And I think it's been a really good sort of conversation about just showcasing the different elements of of how people should be looking at the marketing plans and, and what content they can be creating at what phases and, and also what's kind of worked well as well so that that's been really good I really appreciate you sort of talking us through that and i guess before before we leave i just wanted to sort of a bit of a, a nod to the future as we said at the start i'd be like keen to get your thoughts on how you see marketing plans and you know how you see them develop over say in the next 10 years so what would your top tips be on some of the future trends we've got to look forward to Wow. Well, um, an easy question. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a, a golden, no, not a golden ball, a magic <laughs> ball. I, can't, I don't know what the word is anyway, but I don't have one of those. Yeah. Um, but what we've seen most recently, which I can only imagine will continue into the future are things like AI. So chat GPT and things like that tools that we didn't have before that can take out the, um, more menial tasks that we need within marketing. So research, statistics, base basics of blogs um, and gets to A to B a lot quicker. Yeah. I don't think you can ever remove the human element. I would like to think that you can't because you still need that thinking point on what you're creating. But I think it definitely gets you a starting point much quicker and as I say, gets you from A to B. So it'd be interesting for me, I think, to see where AI takes us in the future. Oh yeah, the impact's um, going to be 
be huge and it already has been huge yeah, ever, it's ever changing ever evolving so yeah that's that's definitely one to be on the yeah. watch list um video content shameless plug yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know video is the number one way to consume messaging and media and and and, and marketing messages and it will only continue i think the point is that you know our lives become busier um we have so many different tools out there now open to us that to, to consume something visually is so much easier and so much more impactful now and so much more relatable than to, to, to read things. Um, so video content is, is going to continue absolutely going Good. forward. User-generated content, yeah. you know, that it's... It shows that this, you're a loyal customer. It shows that you love the brand so much that you're willing to go and generate that content for the brand. And also there's really quirky campaigns that are coming out. Like, like Greg's did, I think they did a vegan sausage roll one where people had to video themselves eating it or doing something funny with it and then and then using their tagline. And that went yeah. viral through that user-generated content. So there's, there'll be really cool campaigns coming out and then, and then you know, that user-generated content really ticks that evaluation stage where um, your peers or the people that you perceive to be the same as you generating that content for that brand and saying how brilliant it is. Doing your job for you. Yeah, I guess, ab absolutely. I mean, yeah. And who be. doesn't want an easy ride? Right. Marketeers might be redundant in the yeah. future because it might be all generated by yeah, the you heard customer. It here first. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you very much, Claire, for, for joining us this week. I think, you know, there's been some really, really good stuff in there. And I feel like I've learned a lot today, which is always a bonus. And I hope that's the same for our viewers and listeners. We really appreciate you tuning in. Hope you've got a lot of value out of this week's episode. Um, stay tuned for next episode where we'll also be joined by another very special guest, but I'll keep that stum for now. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Take care and we'll see you very soon. <laughs>